All right, welcome back. Tending fire, men's groups, men's community. Today, we're going to get into the core practices and why we practice those core practices. Another way you can say it is the, the elements of the structure uh, when we meet in our men's groups. And if you aren't in our men's groups and you're listening to this, it's something you can get started with every day in a 10, 15 minute, even a five minute journaling practice. Uh, or you can, you know, start your own men's group or, you know, even with one other person, these five elements in order, uh, have been shown, you know, in my experience, facilitating uh, these men's groups in other kinds of circles as well, uh, but they really work well with men, uh, are really powerful, you know, to say it like that. So what are they? And I, I, I went over them briefly in the welcome podcast. Uh, so I'm just going to go into deeper uh, take a deeper dive with it uh, on this podcast, uh, on this episode here, and kind of explain the architecture. You know, sometimes you just get into a car and you drive, but kind of we're going to get under the hood and I'm going to explain a little bit, you know, well, that's that and that's that. That's where you put the windshield wiper fluid, you know, that kind of thing. So the five elements are centering, gratitude, vision, action, inspiration, five things that you can remember them on one hand. And really, this is a methodology for circle work in general. Uh, and over time, uh, I'm going to be teaching uh, circle work, you know, more uh, broadly to people who want to learn how to facilitate circle work. You know, this is the kind of the, the skeletal structure uh, excuse me, the skeletal structure of the circle work uh, practice that uh, I've been developing and in integrating from, you know, other techniques and, and facilitation uh, teachings that I've been, uh, you know, learning for a number of years. So the first one, why do you start with centering? Well, I've been calling it tending fire men's groups and true it is a group but when we come together we're coming together in a circle and circles are uh, something you know in nature you know here in our existence but they're also uh, there's an archetypal level of what a circle is you know it's a sacred uh, sacred geometric pattern a circle and especially for, you know, doing uh, dialogue work, a circle is, it's a very powerful way of coming together, different than, you know, a meeting. You know, when you come together in a circle, you know, you can get into those deeper le levels of thinking, feeling, and, and getting in touch with uh, what's really going on. And, and it's really because we are connecting with, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, our spiritual source, the, the source of life, um, you know, the other dimensions of reality. Uh, you know, when we create a circle, 
yeah, we're, we're, we're plugging into, you know, you might want to call it also the noosphere. There's so many words, you know, the collective unconscious or conscious, uh, but we're really connecting with a source of guidance, you know, deeper intelligence um, that's not just limited to our everyday monkey mind. So we need to acknowledge that and actually generate a connection to that. And, and to do that, we need to get centered. Each one of us participates in that process. Uh, it, it's not just if I do it, you know, before the circle and I get all connected, each one of us is coming to the circle and, and we're um, participating and contributing to the circle. So if one person is kind of like hanging out and like calling in while they're driving and they're kind of like eating their sandwich and they're not focused, it's going to affect the container so when we do our men's groups, you know, um, I request that everyone is focused and present, you know, in a dedicated, quiet place, you know, for it, it, it's, it's an important meeting every week uh, for, for yourself. And, you know, when you show up uh, and you're kind of, you know, out of sorts, it's a reflection on you. You know, the other men see you, they're all showing up and, and giving it their all. And then if you don't show up like that, it's a reflection on you and it affects the container. So, you know, maybe you do that once and then we need to have a conversation about it to, to up the game. Uh, so that's what that centering is all about, um, to leave where you came from behind and to be fully present, you know, it even though we do have them in the morning time. So it's not like you had a full busy day. Um, you know, that's why we do them in the mornings. Well, for two reasons. One, we do them because we do it early. So that's before all your ske scheduled activities, right? So it doesn't conflict with your, your work schedule um, by and large. And number two, you're fresh, you're awake, you just woke up. Uh, so, you know, usually you're not already stressed out from, you know, all the things you have to do during the day. Um, but uh, one more piece on centering is, you know, a teaching that I learned from Jamie Sams in her uh, Native Wisdom card deck. Uh, she calls it the burden basket. And I'm sure she learned it from her elders as well. So I want to pass it down. The burden basket's the idea that when you enter someone's home, you leave your burden basket, you know, on a practical level, a burden basket was all of the, uh, you know, if you're carrying stuff around the village, uh, you know, collecting firewood or whatever things that you have that you're collecting that, uh, but it, that you leave it outside the house when you come in to the house or the teepee, you know, someone else's home, you respect their home, uh, and you leave that your stuff. And so it's a metaphor that's the way she uses it. You, also, you leave your emotional baggage at the door and when you step in and enter someone's space. So that's also what the centering practice is all about to, you know, doesn't mean, you know, we're going to just be all happy and cheery. Um, you know, when we enter, we want to bring our realness uh, to the group. That's the whole point. But we want to let the busyness go and have a uh, a boundary. Um, 
you know, we want to create a boundary between the monkey mind, the busy mind, the uh, multitasking mind, and another way of being that eventually will permeate every aspect of the rest of your life that you're going to switch and, and let go of the monkey mind altogether. Um, you know, that's, that is actually the trajectory, the path. Uh, but just for this week, you know, this, this hour in your week, excuse me, that centering practice is to ground you and uh, take a breath and ask yourself, why am I here? You know, why am I showing up here? Take, I take a breath I connect with my body, my emotions, my mind, what's going on in my mind, not getting involved, but just being aware of the quality of my thoughts. And then that connection with my spirit, whatever that means to you. Uh, we take a breath and then we do a sound practice. And, you know, we'll have a, one more podcast just on the sound practice. That's a whole trajectory. But that sound practice just further deepens our experience of being rooted, grounded, and centered. So then uh, we can enter into the space. And we also, at the end of the centering practice, connect with gratitude. We bring gratitude into the heart. And uh, a lot of the teachings, you know, ancient wisdom teachings from uh, spiritual traditions, as well as the leading science, mainly from the Institute of Heart Math, uh, you know, has done an incredible amount of research about the electromagnetic field of your heart. Um, and when we connect with gratitude, it's a tremendous uh, amplifier of positive emotion, uh, which boosts your immune system, boosts your cognitive functions, so on and so forth. Lots of practical benefits to actually feeling gratitude in your heart. It, permeates your whole physical body, emotional body, your thoughts, and your, your sense of connectedness. So we end with gratitude, you know, feeling that gratitude, and then we flow right into sharing gratitude with each other. Uh, so why gratitude? Again, uh, I just said, you know, gratitude, when we start with gratitude, you know, there's so many teachings about when we want our lives to improve, when we want to step it up, when we got to take ourselves to the next level, we want to create a fertile soil for that. Uh, you know, we want to appreciate the life that we already have. And one of the original instructions that uh, my teacher Hawks brother taught me uh, in the his Algonquin the native tradition, you know, it said our only instructions, the original instructions. There's only two things. One is to take good care of everything that's come before us. You know, all the other uh, living beings on our planet, you know, and whatever creation story you have, you know, in the Western tradition, right? The, the Old Testament, it says that we are the last beings that were created, you know, in that story. So we're the youngest. Uh, and therefore, it's our job actually to take care of everything that's come before. And, uh, you know, 
we're not doing such a good job to be honest right now. So that's why we need to do men's work. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, but it's not at all funny. You know, might as well bring humor to it so we can be loose and, and, and get active, um, and get real. So we need to take good care of everything. And then we need to be, oh, excuse me. I think I just got those backwards. We need to be grateful. Number one, it's just to be grateful for everything that has come before. Yeah, it's funny that I got those backwards, but that's what it is to be grateful. That's the first instruction, actually, you know, of the original instructions. And number two is to take good care of it. And the re the way that I remembered that I got it backwards is because when you are grateful for something, you naturally want to take good care of it. When you are grateful for something, you naturally want to take good care of it. So every week when we practice gratitude for your life, you know, for the water you drink, for the good food that you have, for your family that you love, you know, uh, or that desire to have a family, you know, so on and so forth. When you're grateful for those things, then you are cultivating, you're growing your desire to take better and better care of it. Maybe you're taking good care of it right now, but we can always take better care of the things that are precious to us in our lives. So that's really the deeper roots of gratitude. And then what you'll experience, because I experience it, everyone in the groups experiences it uh, each and every week when you hear other people's gratitude, when you share your gratitude, we take a moment after we hear everyone's gratitude and we think about what everyone heard. We close our eyes and we say, think about everything that everyone just said and just feel all of that gratitude. So when we share gratitude, it amplifies our own gratitude. It makes us feel more grateful. So that's why we do it. And when we feel more grateful, so on and so forth, we want to take better care of everything. It's that fertile abundant, healthy soil, that organic soil where you plant a seed into and it grows in a healthy way. And what is that seed that we plant into gratitude? It's our vision. So right after gratitude, we go into that visioning time and I play music, the nifty Zoom technology. You can play music from Spotify or whatever, you know, music software you have i use spotify and i you know have access to all these epic songs you know i like to use songs from you know like the movie avatar or lord of the rings or you know epic m movies because we're using music that connects us to our heroic capacity our, our capacity to um connect to our courage and our wisdom you know, and, and to that calling inside of us, you know, that kind of music, it, it awakens what's really in there uh, that wants to come forth and we write it down. And this writing process that we do, it's as you get deeper into it, it's less of an active process. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a balance. It's a dance between that active process of writing something, thinking and actually listening to the words that want to come through and you listen to a deeper voice of 
guidance, of intelligence, of your authentic and unique leadership to come through. Uh, and so you write those words down and you capture them, you, you hold them, they get rooted in through that writing process. And then we have the visioning time where we, everyone shares their vision uh, for that they wrote down. You can, if it's too fresh, it's too vulnerable for you. You can just talk about what it was like, what came out, or you can actually read what you wrote. Um, so vision, vision is a huge topic, right? It's, it's, you know, we crystallize it down to what am I creating? Who am I becoming? And what do I stand for? Those three elements are the core, the essence, uh, of, vision. And it gets into, uh, you know, that deeper practice of the vision quest, you know, which I've been so fortunate to have experienced, you know, for a number of years now, at least once a year, about once a year. I don't, I don't usually do it more than once a year. Um, but I go out in nature uh, for at least one night, if not two, three or four nights, um, you know, with no food and no water. And I pray, you know, and, uh, you know, I've been blessed to have, uh, the opportunity to take on a, a Sundance pipe. You know, if you don't know what that is, you know, you'll, you'll learn about it in our circles, but, uh, I've been making that commitment of, uh, sun dancing in the Lakota tradition and, that means I, I need to carry a pipe and I, and I pray with that pipe. So when I go on vision quest, I pray with that pipe and, and you don't need a pipe to go on vision quest. Um, uh, you can learn to pray in however you learn to pray uh, directly to the source of life. And, and you have that time that's real open and nothing's, you know, you even get bored at times out on vision quest, but you're in nature and you come into that deeper awareness of yourself as a living being on this planet. Uh, and then the fact that you are going to die someday. Uh, so then what am I going to do with the, the days that I have left, you know? And, um, I like to say, you know, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And when we really are aware of that, then we choose more intentionally and consciously. And that's really what the men's work is all about. Uh, so each week we have a mini vision quest. That's what this circle is all about, is all about, you know, that going into that writing space. And then, um, our community is going to be building an opportunity at least once a year for men, uh, to go on vision quests when they feel called, when they feel ready to do that work on the land, um, you know, to go out in nature. Uh, so that's all connected to our vision, our sense of calling, you know, that it's not my own idea what I do in the world, but there's something that I've been listening to for a long time and something that I see that listening and seeing, you know, it's sight and sound, you know, God, uh, <laughs> um, you know, they say in the, 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 the creation stories all around the world, you know, God said let there be light, let there be earth and water and so on and so forth. You know, in, in all around the world, there's a story like that, a speaking, you know, abracadabra. It means it is created 
as it is spoken. And that speaking, that's sound. And then, uh, you know, then there's light as well. Uh, so vision is about listening to the sound and that listening connects us to a vision, you know, so it's those two elements together, sound and light, you know, so that's, gets really deep. Um, you know, that, that place of vision, it's, it's, it's a very deep place to, to go into, you know, the deep visions that you've had in your life, those, those listening, uh, whispering voices in your heart, you know, that's what this time is for, for you to remember them, for you to reclaim them and uh, to write them down, to speak them. You know, when you were a kid, when you were a teenager, when you were in college or wh whatever times in your life that you've had time to get in touch with why you're really here, you know, this is a time to awaken uh, and remember and to take good care of those visions because my belief is those are the visions that are going to, when we put them into practice, when we plant them, when we commit to them, that's really what is going to create a, a viable future, a pathway for the children and the generations to come is when we live those visions, when we have the courage and the wisdom to make it happen. And so from there, you know, we focus on action right? Action. So here's the thing, right? About being a man, you know, and walking the tightrope, you know, walking that razor's edge, you know, the narrow path of having a vision. But a lot of times, you know, we talk about selling out. I, I know my generation, sometimes I look at adults, you know, and I say, oh, they sold out. You know, so I can't have a lot of respect for that person. They sold out. They took an easier way. They took that security. They didn't listen to that deep calling, you know, and I, and I look at them and I say, okay, well, I have compassion for that person, but, um, you know, they didn't go through their fear and of, of the unknown, uh, as much as they could have. And then I look at this person over here and, and I see, I see, wow, they really did, you know, they didn't sell out. They went further and further with the vision. Uh, and they took action, real action in the world. So that's where, you know, I heard Mel Nelson Mandela talk about, you know, vision without action is fantasy, but action without vision is frivolous or, um, I don't know exactly, something along those lines, right? So if we take action in our lives without that deep taproot of connection to what is really meaningful, then at best, we do something that is frivolous uh, or that's meaningless. At worst, we are destructive, right? And, and a lot of men in the world, I'm talking about our economy, you know, that's a huge tangent, you know, our patriarchy, our toxic masculinity that we've inherited um, and that we as men now can take a stand for and uh, transform and say, no, that's not who I am. Uh, you know, a lot of it comes from not listening. 
to the deeper calling of what it really means to be a man, to be a protector of life, of women, of children, and of life, of all of our ecosystems, to really be a protector um, and to be a steward, a cultivator of goodness, of life, so that children can continue on into the future, that life will continue in a beautiful way. That's what it really means to be a man. All this other stuff, power, dominance, war, it's, you know, it's a whole topic that we don't need to get into right now, and we will get into. It's there, right? It's that other path, but what we're doing is we're focusing as men in these Tending Fire men's groups on being protectors of life in our way, you know, in our families, in our communities like that. And like that, we create a network, a very powerful network of men who are taking a stand for, for what's right. And so from there, uh, you know, that action that we take, right? And so in the realm of action, we're talking about time and task management, right? We're talking about priorities. We're talking about project management, planning, uh, you know, structures in your days and your weeks, how to get things done. So we get into the left brain in the action focus. Um, and, you know, if you're an activist, then uh, you still need to be organized. You know, if you're an artist, you still need to be organized. Of course, if you're a business owner, you need to be organized, but you also need vision right? Real leadership comes from vision. Uh, so we need, that's like fire and water, right? The action is the fire, but that water, that dreamy, visiony, visioning place, we, we need it. To, water and fire together is what um, creates warmth and life, right? The water is what really creates life. The fire is what creates the warmth in our life. Uh, so that's the action. And then, uh, well, just to end on the action part is uh, we, we focus on what's one action that you're going to take for the f next week, um, you know, and that's where we anchor our accountability, right? We crystallize it. We essentialize it. You know, you shared your vision. What's one action that's connected to your vision that's going to move you forward? And then the next week you say, did I do it or did I not do it? You know, am I a man of my word? Am I going to follow through on what's really important to me? And we really work hard. We practice designing actions that you can say, did I do it or did I not do it? Right. Instead of saying, I'm going to work on my uh, marketing and outreach. How do I know you did that really? Well, instead, you can say, I'm going to make three outreach calls to potential leads. Yes, you did it. One, two, three. You did it or you only made two. So you, it was a nice try, but you didn't do it. So it's important for us as men to have that line you know, in the sand that I did it or I didn't. I followed through on my commitment. And then the last uh, part is inspiration. So everything that we do in that one hour is all about 
that forward movement, feeding and tending the fire of life, of being uh, an inspiring man. And so then we reflect that back. We digest it. We metabolize it by sharing what was it that inspired me. And maybe it's two or three things. Maybe it's five or 10 things. Probably it is, but we just choose one. Uh, sometimes you can sneak two in there, depending if we have that little extra time at the end. But you share, you know, what is it that you said? Maybe you inspired yourself, and I'm sure you will in, in these calls. Um, and number two, uh, maybe someone else said something that inspired you. Or number three, maybe you, you had a thought that inspired you. And the chances are all three of those things happen. But again, you're just going to choo choose one or two things to share with the group at the end. And then we close again with just getting centered for another moment, just to tie the bundle, to, to make it whole again, to close and contain the circle so that it's like a energy-packed uh, capsule. That it's like a piece, it's like medicine. We, we were cooking medicine during that one hour and uh at the end we drink it you know we drink that medicine and it energizes us uh, focuses us it inspires us gives us the courage the wisdom that we need to have a conscious intentional week so those are the core practices the five core elements of our work in the circle and uh, you're welcome to to use those you know in your own circles uh you know with men and women they, it works um but we're doing it here uh as part of our tending fire men's groups and men's community so thank you so much and uh look forward to being with you on the next one